Leafs talk, JD Bunker, Sam McGee, up late at night, and it's Groundhog Day, brother. It's just get ready to do the same show. <laughs> the Leafs, stop me if you heard this before. They played solid to okay. They had some cracks in the armor, and then it came back to bite them in the ass in the third period when it counted the most. They blow it, and this time they don't even collect their precious loser point. This time? Been four straight, no, uh, no precious loser point. Uh, can I just say, aside from the really bad, heartbreaking loss to the Leafs that sends them further into Midsville, mm-hmm. just an excellent hockey game. Uh, sure, I really, really enjoyed the pace of the game for a lot of it. And you're up two zip, worst lead in hockey, as everyone says. You blow the lead, they come back, they score the late one there. But for a lot of that game, I was on the edge of my she- edge of my seat. It did. <laughs> I wasn't. I didn't. Yeah. I, I just didn't feel like a regular season game. Felt like a playoff game. Crowds into yeah. it. Dueling chance. There's just certain ones on the schedule that hit different, and this is one of them. And I thought it was excellent. I thought everybody was up to it. So honestly, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I I agree. It's it's hard right now to kind of feel that way though when it's been the same pattern like. If this game happens in a vacuum and the Leafs just lose it, I would say, all right, that was a great game. I thought the Leafs played pretty well. There's definitely some defensive zone lapses with this team and some coverage issues that they have, some personnel issues that they have, probably some coaching issues that they have that frankly are, to me, the biggest story of this game, more so than it being an entertaining one. But yeah, this was a fun game. But if if I'm going to be dead honest, where they're at right now, which is, yeah, three straight losses without four a loser straight. point. Four straight? It's four straight, but they got a loser point against the oh, Islanders. Yeah, yeah, my bad. So it's four straight blown leads. Mm-hmm. It's three straight blown leads where you didn't even get a point from it. And again, it's a lot of the same issues that have cropped up in these last couple of games. So I'm with you. The crowd was electric. I love when it's the Oilers, Leafs chance. I love that McDavid clearly cares about playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, you and I both love watching McDavid, but this it's a different version of him. It's a more physical version. He was engaged the entire game. Hyman was engaged. There was so. a little bit of chippiness I, to it. I thought that McDavid kind of went away for the middle part of the game. I thought he was breathtaking for the first half of the first period. Mm. Unbelievable, hitting hard, and then really good for the last five, ten minutes of the game. But I thought for the middle part, he was pretty quiet in the game, but he took over when it mattered. And he, at the end of the game, when they scored the go-ahead goal, his team, his his line caves in the Leafs' top line. It went back and forth. First period, I thought the Oilers had the, the better of it with the top lines. Second period, Leafs' top line filled them in. It was really good. And then mm-hmm. that third that third period with about three minutes left, I, I like Pontus Holmberg a lot, and I thought he was yeah. really good tonight. But there was two separate occasions where he failed to clear the puck, and he misses a man here coming down low, doesn't get down quick enough. He's dead tired. Uh, a couple bad sequences for for Holmberg at the end, but I thought he had an overall pretty good night. But yeah, it was just you know, comes down to it again. It's it's a blown lead, so I don't know, I, I don't know where you want to go from here. Well, no, I just I, I think your point is well taken. That it was a it was a fun hockey game. Like I really yeah. did enjoy it. I I did, and I even thought you know get the loser point. Even if if you lose this one in OT in a skills contest, you can at least come away with some positives in this game. Mm-hmm. And and you're right. I thought that the Leafs played better in the second, but. If, if I'm going to be honest, the, the lasting feeling that I have from this game, brother, is what would you say that was in terms of the Leafs' best games this season? Like, like not everyone played great. Wise? Like, I I think Nyes was dreadful. Uh, they couldn't get anything from Bertuzzi. They couldn't really play Domi in this game. 
Their blue line had some really tough spots. Their goaltender let in his worst goal of the year. But overall, would, wouldn't you say that this was kind of one of their better performances of the year considering the opponent, the stakes? I, I guess okay. it's, hard to do, it's hard to separate what happened with that. But I thought their stars, well, maybe not the stars, but I thought Marner and Matthews yeah. had one of their best nights of the year. I thought both they were. Really, they really, they really were awesome. I mean, it's but I just thought that the Leafs matched their tempo. They matched their yeah. pace of play. They were fairly physical. They they limited McDavid had some dangerous chances, but he wasn't just living in the slot. He didn't have a hundred of them. You're right. Like they took him away for the second period. All that being said, I thought the Oilers were better. And I looked at this game and said the Leafs gave them one of their better punches, played with a ton of energy, got a ton from Matthews and Marner in this game, and it wasn't good enough to to yeah. even get a point against Edmonton. I would say that Stu Skinner made a couple really great saves uh, tonight as well. I'd give him some credit. I thought he was really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his total ended up being, but uh, probably in the mid-20s or for shots tonight. I don't really know what it ended up being, but I thought he made a couple really great saves, including this one. But also, Matthews, you got defenseman, no stick. You're right between the hash marks. Let her fly, bud. Like, mm-hmm. let that fly. It's a good pass, good save. But let it, yeah, so he made 25 saves. Thought he made a couple really good ones, timely ones. Thought he looked solid, specifically in the first period and into the second. But yeah, like I just think that one team has won 11 in a row and one team's lost four in a row now. Their team's heading in separate directions and it kind of shows. Like, you know, they're they're feeling good about themselves. They go down two zip. They know what the Leafs have been doing. Like when push comes to shove, those two games, those two teams play a seven game series. Oilers probably win, but I mean, it's probably six or seven games. I think it's going to be pretty tight. I I I I would agree with your assessment that they're probably better, but on any given night, I think it could go either way. Sure, I th- yeah. that's not really the point though. The point was that the Leafs played well; they got the most from their guys. They were in a spot where they really needed to win. Like they they had dropped a bunch of leads that way, and you would figure that they knew it as a group that they couldn't have it this way again. And the other team was able to impose themselves and still dictate the way that they wanted to play ultimately and ends up winning the game. Yeah. And, and the greater point here is just simply that, okay, you, you played close to Edmonton. You played a good hockey game against Edmonton for the most part, again, with some trouble areas. But the fact that it's not good enough when you're in that spot where your back is kind of against the wall heading into this stretch where, boy, it, it's, it's not getting any easier with games against Winnipeg and one against Calgary that's all of a sudden playing really well. One against Vancouver that we know is their Super Bowl. Yeah, Kraken. there's that's a, that's a tough one for me, man. As fun as it was, it was just it was a big cold bucket of water at the very end of that game. Yeah, it's it's a, just a tough pill to swallow, and we've been doing a lot of these blown lead games, so it gets harder mm-hmm. and harder to say the same things about it. But you know, you get two goals from your top line, and mm-hmm. you don't get anything from anywhere else. So. You're supposed to, the the strength of this team is you're supposed to have two really elite lines with Marner and Matthews or Tavares and Nylander or whoever you want to kind of shake it up. And I thought Nylander was better tonight than he has been in past. He was much more noticeable. But at mm-hmm. the end of the night, you end up with zero points again. It's, you know, to win a game like this, you need more than two guys. And it was two guys. A lot yeah. of the night, like like you said, Nyes to me has been really heading down a cliff here. He's been, you know, peaks and valleys. He's definitely in one of the valleys. He looks like me to a me looks like to me like a guy that could maybe use a night off coming up here. Looks like it maybe mm. use a little bit of a blow. He's just not. He just doesn't have it. The the I'm directness, the directness, the power, the decisive, just all the stuff that he has when he's on point. 
it's just not there. He's fighting and he doesn't look confident. You know, I thought the fourth line gave him moments tonight, but generally it's just the depth isn't very good and a couple of bad goals go in your net and you, and you lose the game. You, you need more than two guys. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's been pretty clear here over the last little while that when a lot of their stars have been quiet, they've been losing four in a row. You need yeah. to have these guys going. And so this week, you can notice I stop being nice. Well, just with Nylander not scoring, it's like, yeah, I mean, you need those. That's part of the reason they were winning games when they're not very good in other parts of it, because you had another guy and another line that was lighting it up. And yeah, you can mm-hmm. go back to nice. Well, no, I just, I, I think that that's a really interesting point that you make about taking them on the lineup for a game. I, because you, you can tell me if I'm wrong or if someone has the shift chart or whatever, but after the game tying goal, I don't know if he played after that. Like that's him. It's a blown coverage that, you know, the game time goal is an awful one. Like that's, that's the biggest, I would say, if you were going to say, Hey, what were the biggest sore spots of the game? I would go, well, Martin Jones, the first goal when the Leafs go up to nothing and he lets in his weakest one of the year, it's just an absolute nightmare. He's cheating. The puck goes through him, but you give him a little bit of reprieve considering that, what you, you know, he's probably been the Leafs, yeah. but fourth best player this year. Uh, so yeah. Okay. He let in a bad goal, but I'm not pinning this one on him because this hasn't really been, this isn't like a Samsonov thing where the goaltending has been bad. He's been good for them, but nice on the game tying goal where it's just like, everybody's mixed up here, but he's completely lost. Yeah. Like it's awful. And, and I, I don't think Sheldon Keith played him after that. If he did, it was very, very sparingly because he was basically completely benched from that moment on. And, you know, a lot of people will point to Keith and be like, well, why are three of your worst defensive players out there in a mm-hmm. tight game together? But it's like at some point, like you have how many guys on the bench, who are you going to play? Like, it's just like, you know, you talk about the lack of defensive guys in the bottom half of this lineup. And that was part of Trilling's plan mm-hmm. was to have more offensive guys. And, you know, we talked about in the playoffs last year when the offense dried up. Well, you know, the, the pucks are flying into your net. You have Domi Bertuzzi and Matthew Nyes. Uh, I don't think any of those guys are going to come close to winning the Selkie anytime soon. And people will probably pin that on him. And people are getting mad at him for playing the fourth line so much. And listen, I don't, I'm not the even fourth line was better than the know, third line tonight. Like, listen, I'm, I, I'm it's just, you know, it's, you know, I'm not even against the Keith conversations that are going out there, but what is, look what he's trying. He's trying to make, you know what, with, you know what, it's just not yeah. working. So I, I talked about this a little bit on my show today. I had Myrtle on, on my podcast You can go listen yeah. to it. We did midway markers, JD Bunkus podcast, but how the one, one critique I have with Keith in the, you know, fire Keith narrative is that he's, he's too quick to go back to the things that he's super comfortable with, which is, you know, the stars together and you see it going on the road, right? He puts all the guys back together, but that he hasn't gotten enough out of some of these guys and maybe it isn't trusting them. But to me, it's just so chicken and egg right now because I go, Hey, Sheldon Keefe just needs to play Bertuzzi through this stretch. He needs to show faith in Bertuzzi. He needs to show faith in Domi. He's got to give him the hard matchups. And then you look at a game like tonight, it's like game winning goal. Who, who helps create it's Domi, you know, who's getting walked by McDavid. It's Domi. Who was one of the most lackluster performers tonight. It was Bertuzzi, right? Like the, the close, the nice point. I don't even like criticizing him because th- there shouldn't be this much pressure on the shoulders of a 23 year old kid who was playing college hockey a year ago and now is supposed to be one of the saviors on the top line Domi. because he's not making any money. But the Domi and Bertuzzi part of this equation, it's like, I don't know if it's the coach. I don't know if it's the players, but it's pretty clear and obvious that those two guys are just not delivering. And especially Bertuzzi, 
who's making five and a half. And it was pointed out tonight. I saw on Twitter. He's got the same amount of goals now as Nick Robertson. Mm, one in his last 22. Yeah. Maybe score, maybe mix in a goal and then we can talk about your ice time going up. Yeah. It's so now we're looking at the off season <laughs> a lot yep. differently. You know, <laughs> we I sure think, are, bud. <laughs> yeah. You know, Cause there was a stretch there where Domi and a lot of people were taking victory laps on Domi and a lot of people were t- starting to think about it with Bertuzzi. And I still, I'm still saying the thing about the playoffs with Bertuzzi, but you got to get there first. Mm-hmm. And he's paid like a premier player on this team outside of the big four, making five and a half million bucks is premier money. That's big time. more than a lot of guys have ever made below those guys, right? Like that's as good as it gets. And for him to have one in his last 22, I, I don't know. It's looking like a horrible signing. It's just, it's not even, it's just not working out right now. So you hope that he can dig himself out of it. His coach is calling him inconsistent this morning at morning skate. And he has, I'd say he's been pretty consistent. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I agree. Bad. I agree. Consistently bad, but <laughs> yeah. this is again, chicken and egg. I, I still don't love it. That Sheldon Keefe puts a line together of Bertuzzi Domi and Jan Kraken says, Hey, go figure it out tonight. Hey, you're going to get stuck on the ice in moments against Connor McDavid. Like they have last change. Obviously yeah. they're going to get them out against them at some point. And when they did, they capitalized against them. And so yeah. I, I just think that it's, it's frustrating to me on both ends. I'm blaming both of them at this point, but yeah, I think I'm with you that it, it might be time for a, a rest for Nyes after a game like that. Maybe you go the opposite way where you show faith and, give them one more, right? And say, hey, here's an opportunity to bounce back. Sure. But I, I wouldn't hate it if they sat him down. But I I do feel bad criticizing the kid. And you know what? I'm sure it wasn't lost on you thinking about speaking like to close Bertuzzi that he makes the same amount of money on the cap as Zach Hyman. Yeah. Zach Hyman's pretty good, eh? Yeah. The, one guy was rather noticeably good. And the other uh, guy was... I brought this up today on Real Kipper and Born, but... Yeah. Uh, you know who they signed. I had it in front of me here. You know who they signed this summer that they let uh, Hyman walk? I just remember bunting in camp. Marazic, Nick yeah, Ritchie. Nice. Money well spent. Sorry, Nick, Nick Ritchie. Ritchie. Yeah. yeah Nick, Nick Ritchie, Ritchie at, at what? Half of what Hyman got, basically? Yeah, two and a half million bucks for two years. Yeah. Check out, Nick Rich, check out Nick Ritchie's uh, finish league stats. If you get, uh, yeah. Finish league highlights <laughs> if you get a chance. Uh, Andre Kasha. Oh, the legend. And camp, it was a good signing for half a million. Like, I so can't was kill Bunting. That. And Bunting is a good signing. But yeah. if you take the money you spent on Marazic, Richie, and Kasha, yeah. Yeah. you got to you gotta Hyman. Dude, Kasha, God, he just all, got time, all time just all found time. ways to get so hurt. <laughs> Kasha, thank God Kasha uh, didn't stay on the Leafs because... I would have a tweet about him once a week about how he was just like, he was basically the opposite. Remember the, uh, this is old school, but do you remember the cartoon? Mr. Magoo is like a blind guy and he'd be like walking off of like skyscraper, you know, he, but he'd avert disaster. Whatever the opposite of Mr. Magoo was, (laughs) his episode right into a wall. He's like full speed. (laughs) <laughs> like no, no ability to avoid any disaster. I, I, he would have gotten me canceled had the Leafs kept him around oh, because yeah. I would have tweeted about it. And people would have said it's serious and don't make fun of injuries and blah, blah, blah. But uh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah it so, was another bright, another bright side uh, mm-hmm. out of tonight. Just to piggyback on my McKinnon takes. Uh, we'll be okay. 
Got that McDavid guy. He's pretty good. Got Hyman. Mm -hmm. Canada's going to be okay. Hyman is definitely on the best on best team. Like, no question. Hey, do you think that this trip is like Charlie Montoya? He goes out west, and then he doesn't win any games. And then, the yeah, Mr. Bongo doesn't end up getting on the plane ride home if it's not a successful trip for the Leafs. Because that's the feeling I'm getting. Oh, I said that to you before this. I said that to you last show. It's a big trip for the coach. And it started off really well in this game, and then it ended badly. It kind of looked like all the rest of the ones the last five days. So, yeah. They got to start winning here. Yeah. They got to start winning here in a hurry, especially with Craig Berube out there. Like You just have to say it as it is. There is one of the premier options at head coach who is like, in everyone's mind, exactly what this team needs, right? Like, it's like the nightmare guy to have out there for Keith, where every uncle is like, you know who they could bring in? That guy, Berube, he's accountable, he's tough, he's won the cup. Like, he's like the worst case scenario for Sheldon to have be a free agent right now. There's no one worse. Like, outside of, like, the obvious ones, like Cooper or somebody like that, he is the nightmare scenario for for Keith. Um, For those of you that are the uncles, Mm -hmm. this is the best way I can tease my podcast for tomorrow morning. Oh, boy. Subscribe and review. Versteeg hasn't been on since Christmas. He has sent me conservatively <laughs> 35 to 45 texts about Keith. And he's going to drop an atom bomb on him tomorrow. And that's an educated guy who has long been blaming Sheldon Keith. So if yeah. you are in the Keith camp, I'm going to do my best to defend. <laughs> I'm going to do my very best to you know, play some devil's advocate, but I feel like I'm going to get picked apart and body bagged because he's been preparing for this for like months and months. You know, remember when it was, remember when Ben Askren showed up to fight Jake Paul or yeah. one of the Pauls and yeah. he showed up and he was like, clearly going to tank it because he was 45 pounds overweight. That's me doing the <laughs> the, the fat. So too much, too much disc golf for Ben. Yeah, that I'm doing that move and Versteeg showing up being like, I've been boxing <laughs> privately and sparring for the last two years, uh, getting ready for this fight. It's going to be a mismatch, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, I don't even really feel like doing rapid fire tonight. I think we kind of hit have, on everything. I have something for you. Sure. Love the standard of officiating tonight. Agree. Just battles everywhere. Cross checks, slashes, hits, like mm-hmm. nothing. Like there was multiple times where both teams got got called in the third period where they just, they didn't call anything and the game was flowing and it was going great. And it was just a back and forth hockey game and they didn't, Oh my God, that's such a, if you're watching on YouTube, it's such a gorgeous hit by McCabe. Beautiful hit by McCabe. But like, I love the standard. I love when it's like this, when guys are allowed to play hockey and they're not calling ticky tack crap that takes you out of the flow of the game and guys aren't playing. Like I love when it's like this and people were probably, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't, checking no. Twitter a whole lot and I don't know if people were upset about the officiating but it seemed like there was a couple that could have gone either way and they just weren't called and I will take that 10 times out of 10 like what was there one penalty tonight there was the Tavares cross check that he received from Darnell Nurse yeah, yeah. and I think that was it that I w- totally agreed with and Darnell Nurse did the dive motion towards Tavares I was like dude you're Darnell Nurse that 99.999% of the planet feels that first one from you and 
is showing up in a wheelchair the next day. Never recovered. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, Sopranos, where Tony tells, yeah. you're going to build Beansy a ramp. That's me. I would have been Beansy. <laughs> Darnell Nurse done that to me. You <laughs> Darnell Nurse would have been building Beansy. Beansy. <laughs> oh, yeah, for Beansy. I mean, you'd have built me a ramp uh... if I had to eat those. So I was ruthless by Nurse when he was doing it. But that's, there was a, yeah, McCann. Oh no, buddy. The other one was the funniest moment of the game. Was poor Bobby McMahon flailing as McDavid's coming through the middle of slot, oh, yeah. doing everything oh, yeah. he can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Old McMahon wishes he was down on the coast with Perry Ryan still <laughs> watching, watching McDavid fly by him. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> he was just flailing. Was like, it's like Terry, <laughs> where are you? Uh, <laughs> um. Oh, there was another thing I wanted to bring up, another negative. Sure. I, you know, we haven't really done a whole lot of this on the show, surprisingly, but mm. it seems like it's bubbling up big time in Leafs Nation. Bro, DJ Brody's having a really hard go, bud. And he's mm. playing a lot. He's on the top pair, and it's like he's playing a ton, and he's just handcuffed the whole game. He can't stop a four check. Every guy comes in on him, they win the puck on him. He's getting walked left, right, and center. I don't know. They're, I don't know if they're going to go and try to make big trades or whatever for this team. I don't know if it's even going to be worth it. They want to see how the chips lie, but you only have so many kicks at the can with this core. I don't know if you're mm. going to do that, but if you want to do something, you're going to have to address that. Like he's going to have to play down the lineup a little bit because it's not going well for him. First of all, I'm crying because I just, I'm picturing Bobby McMahon getting the Shorzy tattoo, like Terry <laughs> Rossi and like, yeah, just let me back on the bus. <laughs> let, me, let me back on the bus. Uh, Here's the thing about Brody. Is he worse? Yes. Is he still the Leafs' second-best defenseman? Also, yes. And that doesn't mean much on this team, but no, man, think about it. Like, who are you going to trust in these minutes? Like, I actually think Lilligren has been solid defensively this year. He clearly has not delivered at all on the offensive defenseman that we thought he was going to be, but I would say that those two are probably 1A, 1B on the who's the number two on the team, but you can't trust Jake McCabe and we've, we've done the McCabe and yeah. big minutes thing and it doesn't work. And uh, you know, we love Benny the butcher, but I, I refuse to accept the idea that he's better than TJ Brody is right now. Not, like of course he's not, he's not. Yeah. But, you need so, to, but that's my point. You yeah. need to trade for somebody so that TJ Brody isn't the second best guy. I, I agree. It's just, I, if I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs, and we'll see as they get close to the deadline, but I'm, I'm not making any drastic move right now where I'm shipping out a first round pick to try to bolster a core that doesn't look like they're cup contenders right now. Like that's just it. the way I view it. And I've said it all season long. And eventually I, I promise you this, this take is going to start getting stolen by people all over mm. the place. This feels like 2020. This feels like when they were going into the pandemic season and they lost to David Ayers, the worst moment of your sporting life. And they went into the deadline and they said, hey, give us an offer for Tyson Berry. And if it's a first, we'll send them your way. Otherwise, we'll do some minor shopping. We'll try to, you know, find some value buys. But this is on the core. Like as much as you say, hey, kicks at the can with the core. I'm not saying to William Nylander, Austin Matthews, and Mitch Marner, hey, not only are you guys getting 13% of the cap every year so that the Leafs can't add other depth players, but we're promised now to be giving up all of our first-round picks and draft picks or and our, and our ass, draft assets like mm-hmm. year over year because we only have so many kicks of the can. Hell no. You, there's got to be one area where they don't hold the franchise hostage, and if the Leafs don't look like it, and we're still 50 days, I think, away from the deadline, so there's time for these guys to turn around, but 
as of today, if you told me, Hey, what's the answer? I'd be like, stand Pat and let him, let him I, find something. I'm not, I'm not moving I, a first round out. I think stand Pat is strong, but like no first rounders agree. Sure. Like I, but like you ain't getting anybody a, better than TJ yeah. Brody this no, year. No, 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 but like, no, but if you're trading to get like a depth forward or something or a depth D man, that's fine. But you're not making the big Kahona move for Tanev yeah. or like one of these guys. I, I agree. Totally agree. I, tr- totally no, I agree. like that. that we're in lockstep on that one, but uh, old Jordan Bean saved TJ Brody from being on an absolute poster. Hyman just put him in the spin cycle mm-hmm. and went top corner. That's you know, it's like it was offside. I get it, but God, it's like it shouldn't. If it's a sick goal, it should count. Too bad. I love that take. Sick. <laughs> There's like judges, right? Yeah, it's like goal. a dunk contest. Yeah. Look, look at they this. Just... Oh my good lord. Where was that, Hyman, when you're in Toronto, bud? Has this guy just been like oiling his hands for five years? Like, what did happen? God. He turned his hands from pure stone into beautiful like granite. I don't know. It's crazy. But he wasn't pure stone by the end of the tenure. I gotta no, say, no, I'm no. I'm the I'm the Wolverine meme in bed with Zach Hyman. I made that night. meme. Like I made that meme. You and did? I, I did. I made oh, that meme. And then I sent so it to good. our boy Gunner, and then Gunner put it on Instagram and credited me. I made the meme. Oh, I'll that's good. Because I, I was going to say, that's. I think that's every every Leaf fan with a pulse. Any Leaf fan who's over the age of 30 is the Wolverine meme with Zach Iman. Oh, yeah. I think about him too much. Team yeah. Canada, top line, left winger, Zach Iman. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, all so good, listen to uh, the JD Bunkers podcast tomorrow. Again, I got Christopher Stieg. So subscribe and review to that. Do the same thing to this podcast, yeah. Leafs Talk. Can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You have uh Nazim Kadri tomorrow. Yeah, a couple, yeah, Kadri coming up tomorrow. Uh stolen from and, my show. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how this stuff works, buddy. <laughs> yeah, when you're on the big, when you're the producer of the big show, sometimes things just fall into your laps, pal. Yeah, I don't know. It, it I hurt me. No I got that message today from their PR. Like, he's got a relationship with Kipper. I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, thanks. We yeah, got him on after he won the cup. Like when he was like, I don't know where he was, but we tracked him down. Yeah. He was right after he won the cup. But uh also, this is my last show uh for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah, Thursday. Yeah, I'm going to Vegas this weekend. Yeah. Your boy will be taking in the Penguins and Golden Knights on Saturday night. I'm going to get to see the goat in the flesh, Sidney Crosby. Uh, we'll be rooting yeah. for the Knights, but also rooting for Sidney Crosby goals. So it's like me as an NFL fan. I'll be rooting for everyone. I got to say, I know the truth because I feel the same way, which is my love for Sid is greater than my displeasure. I, for I don't Dubas. even think about Dubas. I honestly, that's what I'm don't. saying. I it's like I, I still root for Sid. I I Lord. see them in the standings climbing, and I go go, and then I remember that Dubas is there, and I'm like ah. <laughs> but no, so I love crazy, Sid. Man. I love Sid. I I refuse to ever apologize for how deeply I love Sid. It just it how is what not? it is. Yeah. Uh, so I'll see you guys in a while. Yeah. Maybe maybe something might happen while I'm gone. Picked right, uh, either a really good time or a really bad time to leave, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, what happens if Keith gets fired while you're gone? Um, yeah, we're gonna have to call you in. Luckily for it's so th- th- this is driving me nuts. So you're going to Vegas with your lovely wife, and yeah, you're gonna go see course. a hockey game, and that's great. Yeah. But I'm a degenerate. I love gambling. I love Vegas, yeah. and you yeah. like I'm trying to convince you to spend two hundred whole dollars on gambling, and yeah. you're not gonna do it. So anyway, I'll, I'll put you I don't ever do this. Two hundred but if you're if you're on Twitter or you're on Instagram and you follow Sammy, you should be harassing him, being like, "You can't go to Vegas and not gamble some money." Like it's it's a deplorable said, behavior. I'm gonna put two hundred on red. I'll gamble. Okay, that's but yeah, you got to move around. Hey, <laughs> we're going to the shows. We're going to the we're, oh. we're going to the sphere. We're going for a nice dinner. I don't care about gambling. I don't this guy's really. Guys, gonna go see Celine Dion. I know what over I will him. do. Know what I will yeah. do? 
I'm yeah. definitely hacking a dart indoors. That's oh, for sure. The best. I'm hacking darts indoors for sure. Gonna buy a pack of Marlboro Lights and just oh. hack darts. Hey, Can't guess wait. what? I, last time I was in Vegas was only the layover, and yeah. it was because yeah, I was heading out to where was I even going? When you go to Seattle, maybe? Oh yeah, I was going to Tacoma. I was going to Nofax. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was going yeah. to Seattle, and I was like, uh, I was in Vegas for. Uh, first of all, I was looking at my flights, and then I was looking at layovers, and I, I specifically was like oh sweet i'm actually going to spend an extra more one more hour to be in vegas's airport than to be somewhere else and i went to vegas immediately bought a pack of darts ripped like five back to back sitting there playing slots <laughs> Just, the events, that's the best oh, time. and i went and i honestly i even i texted my brother because i was supposed to meet him in seattle that night and i was like i i might not be coming <laughs> I might not be coming. I might not be making it. it. Yeah, so I but I still I did I made it. You're gonna have a blast. Anyways, Can't enjoy wait, your brother. time in Vegas. Uh yeah, Justin Board and I on Thursday night, and then Anthony Petrelli and uh Jackie Redmond. So we've got a nice, a nice lineup of nice job, buddy. of guests on the show to fill in for when you're gone. Uh I called in favors. Um for yeah, for JD Bunkus, Sam McKee, thanks for listening, thanks for watching, and we'll catch you Thursday night with Justin Bourne. <laughs>